Welcome back to Am I the Bullcast. I'm your host, Mike Carosa, probably better known as Mark Carbonza. It's back. I'm doing it again. I stopped doing it, but now I'm doing it again. Ta- hey, Saffron Olive, how do you like that? Your boy's doing your thing again. Please come do the podcast at some point, buddy. You seem real nice. You know who else is real nice? My co-host, Sierra. Am I the Bullcast, the podcast where you ask us, uh, may, am I the villain in this story? And the, the answer is, yeah, probably. My co-host with me, as always, is a champion. He's the author of the How They Brew It column over at CommandersHerald.com. Michael Solani, a.k.a. Games Freak SA. Hi, Michael. Hi, Mike. Seriously, Saffron Olive, if you're listening, please. We need to make rent. It's very important. Call me. <laughs> Saffron Olive shows up on the podcast, writes us a check for rent. There's no money. It just says rent. And it works because all is right in the world. Is this too heavy on the Saffron Olive riffs on the top of the episode? He's uh, got his own line on our switchboard. It's it's dedicated to him, so I'm, I'm watching it like a hawk. Yeah, you're tr- you're trying to make sure that when he calls in, we know it's what if it's we, open. <laughs> what if we do an episode where we have a guest lined up, and as they're talking, we get interrupted by Morgan and says, "Hey guys, I know it's nice to have our guest on today, but uh, Saffron Olive is calling in," and then we interrupt them and kick them off. But Saffron Olive is like, "Hey guys, I think I dialed the wrong number." This would be great if your guest was someone like uber famous already like <laughs> like let's say you somehow get biden on the podcast and you have joe biden joe you're talking biden, to biden on the podcast he calls yeah up. he plays stacks definitely <laughs> plays stacks okay this is a, all right commentary hello and you, that voice you heard before is our producer morgan sanchez hi morgan hey mark i'm here making sure the switchboards everything's operational we're ready to go and we got some we got some dead air right now guys there's nobody calling in well, Morgan, that's good. you are watching the other switchboards other than the Saffron Olive line, right? You know we have multiple. Morgan's in charge of the switchboards here, making sure that when we get a call, it comes right to us and we get to discussing. Uh, as I said, I'm Mike Carosa, a.k.a. Mark Carbonza. I write that Am I the Bolus column over at CommandersHerald.com. Uh, and uh, as you may have guessed... Uh, that column might have a little something to do with this podcast we're doing called Am I the Bullcast, uh, where a silly comedian and his pals talk about Magic the Gathering. And folks, let me tell you something. Before we get a phone call later today, which I'm sure we'll get, I think uh, we should have a little bit of a discussion about the game we love so, so much and the format we love to play most, Commander, which, Morgan, favorite format in Magic is? I don't... What is it? What game is it? Okay, Magic the Gathering. The the format is Commander that we I thought you you were like, yeah, I, this is my favorite format now that I've been doing the podcast. Oh, yes. Four. No, Commander uh Commander also known as EDH is a Magic the Gathering format where you play with 100 cards and have <laughs> one legendary creature and or planeswalker is your commander. And yes, I love it so much. Oh my gosh. And it's been so fun to learn and play this game for the very first time ever. Um, and I cannot wait to play it again. <laughs> What's next on the fandom wiki? Yeah. <laughs> Are you reading it with him, Michael? <laughs> Are you on that? Those too? are solidly my notes and they, they come off the top of my head. I, I didn't. It, well, it's all made up on the spot. EDH or commander is the format where you could play all cards, but the banned ones from all of magic's history. <laughs> Uh, cards that soup all-star cards, you know, like Dockside Extortionist, which Morgan knows very well, as we've established in previous episodes, I'm sure. My favorite red card. It is a red card. You got it right. It's my favorite one. Yeah. There Thank you. Okay. Well, I've learned a lot. When you get it, you get, you get kicked out of the football game after you get it, right? You know what? Was that one too forced? I don't know what that means. I'm not going to lie to you. I did not understand that. There's a football game and car. Wait, am I crazy? Yeah, don't you get like kicked out when you get a red card? Isn't that a thing? Oh, football. I was in soccer. Oh, well, yeah. I I was doing it for you. I thought Canadians also call it football, not soccer. No, we have we have Canadian football, baby. We've got the CFL, the Canadian Football League. But is it soccer? Is that like American football at home? It's a different football. It's slightly different football. There are three downs instead of four. 
and the players don't make a, a living wage. <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing. It's terrible. It's just like Commander, then. <laughs> it really is. Have me on your streams, and I will make nothing. I did the money, money, money sign with my fingers, and there's no money in there. Sports are hard. Sports are hard. Sports are hard, but Commander's not, thankfully. Oh, you haven't seen my decks. <laughs> wow. That sounded like a threat, but since I'm I'm kind of new I'm kind of new to this, you guys. I'm kind of kind of getting into the swing of things. And I'm really digging it. Michael sounded like he was threatening you, and you sound like you are condescending an entire format. Commander's not hard, guys. It's not complicated. <laughs> okay, well, you got to prove it because I'm. It's like I'm I'm looking for something like really simple to play. Oh well, there are lots of simple ways to play. Something like. Una, Queen of the Fae. Wait, why? Because it's, it's mill. It's just get rid of cards. It's just exile stuff. It's just play blue-black. It's about as good as it gets. But wouldn't a monocolor deck be more simple to play than a deck that has multiple colors? Ah ha ha ha! Speaking as an Una, Queen of the Fae player who has a monocolored blue mill deck with Una at the helm, I can tell you I do play a mono blue colored deck with Una, the Queen of the Fae, and it is easy, but it's really bad. <laughs> Mill and Commander is not easy at all. It seems like it should be. You just said Commander's easy. Which is it? I didn't say it's easy. Morgan said it was easy. No, you said it was easy. It was you. I just said it's easy to play mono blue because you're putting lots of good cards in there, but it's not easy playing Mill. Ken, roll it back. Look, don't roll anything roll it back. back. Have him, have him say it. If you do go back, I better sound pitched down and slow motion like, it's easy to play Bottle Brew. <laughs> Why'd I do that one? See, he did say it. Throw in some country music too, like some banjo fiddle. Do it. <laughs> Wait, we both heard it. Fiddle. Hold on a second, guys. This is what I want to sound like in the in the in the back. Oh yeah. That's what I want to sound like if you're gonna play it back. That's what I want. not complicated okay look so here's the thing i don't think it's easy to play mill and commander that's like 300 cards to get rid of and like it's not easy you know what is easy okay i'll hit you with easy being green yes it is easy being green it's so easy being green play a lands deck do you know what deck is like brainless dumb nom noms is a friggin Az azusa lost but seeking or like Omnath Locus of Mana deck, the, the, a, a mono green commander with landfall or land synergies or any of that. That's like, that's easy. You throw it together. So we're playing 12 colors now with Omnath? No, no, hold on. Yeah, a second. I can't you, wait for six color Omnath. Yeah, I, six. You guys are both messed up. You know that, right? If hey. we do get a. Wait, we just got the five color Omnath and nobody cared. Isn't that crazy? Nobody cared. I made a five-color Omnath deck. Do you have it for real? It's secretly mono-black, but don't tell anybody. There we go. Thank you. Thank you. I think it's easy to play like a Krenko deck or a Perforos God of the Forge, make a bunch of goblin decks. Like it, 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 Those things are easy, 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 but those things are fun. Ooh. Hey, goblin decks are very complicated to the people that play them. <laughs> don't disparage them. They're trying very hard. Oh, hey now. I'm sorry to the goblin players who are offended by this opening. I am not. <laughs> Michael, we have a lot of goblins that listen. Conversely, maybe what's an archetype or like a commander that's like hard to play correctly? Oh, that's easy. Phasing. Okay, as an archetype, what archetype does phasing? Yeah, Esper phasing. There's an archetype. Oh, no. You Michael. get a bunch of things that phase out the opponent's permanence. <sighs> and then you selectively 
make sure that only the things you want to get rid of are Michael, phased out or phased in. I mean, more like a... You make them skip their untap. <laughs> Michael. As for phasing. No, Michael. I don't mean your decks. I don't mean which of your decks is, is difficult to pilot because that's literally all of them. Your decks, if you handed somebody one of your decks and didn't explain the idea behind it, they would flounder and be like, what is this doing in here? And you'd have to be like, you see, now that is is my deck where you're supposed to put everything back into the command zone and you're only left with Baron Glory. I don't think, first of all, Baron Glory is in the phasing deck. I know it is. Second of all, I don't believe that that's true for most of my decks, just some of a them. A lot of them. A lot of them. I'll give, you, I'll, I'll give you a lot of them. 25% of my decks at most are completely incomprehensible. They're the most fun, though. When you find out... See, okay, everybody should go read How They Brew It. Just give How They Brew It a read, and you'll understand what I'm saying. The deck should be functional, sure, but you're not going to be optimized. Like You you won't get your, your optimized experience from that deck without reading the deck tech. It's such a fun experience to go through How They Brew It. Again, this is just an ad for your column, honestly. Not mine. <laughs> this is an ad for your column, surprisingly. Welcome to the How They Brew cast. <laughs> <laughs> Solani, what is the worst commander you have brewed with? Hold on. Is that like of a released article or just in general? In in general. Like which one where you were like this you're trying to make it work maybe and it's just awful and horrible and every single time, but but maybe you do it anyways. Maybe there's more nuance. Maybe there's more dare I say uh context to this. You're going to need to give me like five more hours to oh, come God. up with the most complicated commander. I think the most complicated commander that I've brewed with have to be partner combinations, oh. right? Because like if you take the partner on their own, they're very simple, but building them is the most challenging part, right? Because you have to not only realize that the two partners work together to accomplish the goal you're looking for. You have to like know out of all the 60 or so partners that exist that they are there and that you can use them together, you know. Some partners just like go together like peas and carrots and others are just like, huh? Mm-hmm. What? Mm-hmm. Thank you for the reminder to uh, have us eat our veggies too, Solani. I, I really think it's important for all the goblins in the audience to eat their vegetables. <laughs> and also the reminder that I've been hanging on to switchboard this entire time and waiting for somebody. Oh, uh, did you waiting for somebody? Did you finally look away from the saffron olive God, switchboard? I, I just don't think it's going to happen, but I've got my fingers crossed. We're, we're going to be spending a lot of money on just that one line, the priority line to interrupt <laughs> whoever we've got on a call, which will be this next individual. Well, we're not we going to interrupt this next individual. I think we're just going to dive right in and let them have their time. Look, as much as we think Saffron Olive can interrupt anybody, no, no, no. We give every caller their due. That's the Am I the Bullcast guarantee. This is the Am, the Am I the Bullcast covering my butt to get more guests on the podcast line. Oh, God. What is happening? Can we uh, can, can we get the call going? Let's Let's open up that line, guys. Ring, ring, baby. It's time to take a friggity phone call, baby. Oh, it sounds like we got a caller on the line. Caller, identify yourself. Who do we have with us today? Hello, it's me, Jimmy Wong from the Command Zone podcast and Game Nights. Oh boy, do I know you. I guess I, I I should say big fan of the command zone, big fan of game nights, longtime fan and thank you. Can't state enough. Just so thrilled to have you here on the podcast with us on Emma the Bullcast. Really uh let me just say quite the get uh, patting ourselves <laughs> on the back over here. Woohoo. Quite quite the get. <laughs> Good pack one pick one, huh? Hell yeah, dude. And uh, how's how you been? How's things for you? I've been good. I've been very good. Thank you. Um, we just got back from MagicCon Las Vegas. Were you there? 
Ooh. No, I was not. No, I was at Commander Sealed the weekend before, but that's oh, uh, cool. That's all the con I could get in me this year. Yeah, yeah. So we got back from that a few weeks ago. Um, still recovering. That is always like one of the longest uh, weeks of our lives, just because yeah. when you're done with the con, it's you have a lot of other things you can do, and you end up staying up late and seeing because you know it's one <laughs> the one where everyone tries to go to it, so you get to see a lot of people you haven't seen in a while. Um, but right. yeah, that was great. We had a Game Nights Live show there. And yeah, now we're yeah. back and just back into the grind, back into the groove. The grind of LA, the grind of Command Zone. Content the creation. The grind of it all. Yep. Content yep. creation, baby. Vegas will take it out of you, but then you got more steam, full steam ahead, buddy. Yeah, exactly. Well, this is a podcast about pet peeves and magic. It's about stories that maybe you were the villain in. What, Jimmy Wong, if you don't mind leading us off here, what would you say is your pet peeve when it comes to magic in general or EDH in particular? Yeah, it's a good point. Um, so I would say my number one pet peeve is players that either, and, and I've been this person, by the way, just full disclosure, that don't yeah. know how the things in their deck work at crucial Ooh. moments or as a result of taking too long or whatever, just sort of apologize too much. And again, yeah. I've been this person both times. I've been I've been this person. Yeah, we've all been this person, right? <laughs> so the the reasoning behind it is that I think like you know, in general when you show up to the table, you bring a deck, you want to try something out. There's a lot of like, "Hey, I just want to test this out and see how it goes." And oftentimes we can accidentally do things like go infinite or, you know, find some sort of loopable combo that doesn't do the thing. I famously did not realize I could go infinite on a specific <laughs> episode of Game Nights one time that people still think I just did on purpose, which is bizarre to me because if I have a chance to win a game, I take it. Yeah, and you're also running a show. You want it to be entertaining, so you're not over yeah. here being like, oh, let me look like a big dum-dum and not, you know, clue in on it. Like, it's, Yeah, it yeah. And my, yeah. You know, my sort of thing is instead of sitting there and going, sorry, sorry, I don't know what I'm doing. Hold on, let me just figure this out and spending like another 20 minutes sitting at the table because I've uh -huh. done that too, is I'll just go, you know what? I think this is the end of this. I'm just going to pass the turn. Um, because I really don't like, again, being in that situation where I don't know what I'm doing. Everyone else is waiting sure. on me and I feel like I actually owe it to myself and the table to hurry it up slash just figure out what it is i'm trying to get to like the end state right. whether it's an infinite combo or whether it's a you know sequencing thing or whatever it is um because i also think a big part of commander and the joy of commander is making mistakes and just playing in a slightly looser fashion unless you're going the I full cdh that. route but i find there's a lot of joy in just winging it you know doing what feels like is right even if it may not be the right choice or the most optimal play you know leave that to limited leave that to Yes. Your constructed formats that aren't commander um, and just try and have fun with it. The unexpected discoveries happen in mistakes oftentimes. They share oh, yeah. the same. They're two sides of the same coin is it what it is what it feels like, you know? Yeah, yeah. I love that. Commander lives in the mistakes. It's so fun. Yeah, and like it's, that's why you're gathered with your friends on a Friday night to be silly and to do crazy things. And, you know, if people are right. drinking a beer or they're, you know, having a side conversation, you know, or they're at a party. I was just actually at, um, Brian Kibler had a birthday party, uh, hosted at his house for Olivia's birthday. Happy birthday, Kibler. Oh, yeah, happy well, birthday, Olivia. It's always Kibler's birthday. <laughs> um, it was Olivia's birthday party and it was like a great time because, you know, there are people that were just sitting and looking through cards on one side in the commander game. That was really casual. Everyone was playing really high powered stuff, but, the game itself took probably 30 minutes longer than it needed to because people would come in and talk to you or someone would say something or like, oh, the pizza's here, you know? And so mm -hmm. I think that kind of commander has always been my favorite. It's what I started playing commander as. And so when people don't know what to do with their deck and they start to endlessly apologize, I'm part of me is like, one, it's okay. Just mm -hmm. do something else. And mm -hmm. like there have been times where I've hold, held a card in my hand where I'm like, uh-oh, if I do this, I'm going to copy some Enter the Battlefield <laughs> things. I'm going to make seven copies of a creature, and they're all going to trigger each other. I'm just not going to play. I'm going to imagine this card doesn't exist in my hand. <laughs> and that, to me, is a more optimal scenario than playing it and going, I don't know what's going to happen here, and I, it's going to require someone else to step in, hopefully with the rules knowledge to do it. That's it's, fun. Especially if it's like a win con, you know, and you're like, I yeah. think I win, and you can't explain why you win. Then, like, that feels bad. You need to at least tell me why you're winning right now instead of just going, I read this on the internet somewhere and it should work. Right. 
There's a difference between having like I don't know what what's that uh, fanatic of Mogus. Uh, you oh know, yeah. If you have like forty copies of that entering, you're like I think I win. Yeah, yeah. Because or the card says damage. It's like okay, yeah, yeah. that's we, we you clearly it. have enough. But if it's like Absolutely. this is a weird drain life effect that happens now that I have five of these allies that trigger each other it's like oh no okay all right if i don't have the patience for it i don't think anybody else will yeah i do like i'm a big fan personally of engines when it comes to commander like my one of my favorite things one of my favorite decks is my lizolda the blood witch deck that that you know uh our our mutual pal rachel weeks has said that she quite likes but i think what happens every time I play Rachel is kind of what you're saying, but I'm not out here apologizing. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I think with that kind of deck, what keeps happening is I know the deck well enough that it keeps moving along, but there are new pieces of information that present themselves. Right. Now, when it comes to your pet peeve, is it more so the inexperience with the deck and that it's taking too long, or is it partly also the taking long? So I think it's okay to take a long time as long as it's productive and because everyone is there right it's not just you and one other person it's you and three other people typically that have all agreed to sit at this table and if you're the person that has on the game clock you know taken three times as much time as everyone else in a way other players are not enjoying as much gameplay as you are yeah it's like you're the ball hog but you know everyone in this case has their own turn to play with the basketball or whatever because i think inexperience with the deck the first time you play that, because you're always going to be experienced with it, especially if you're a right. new player. Like, that's the last person I want to listen to this and go, what? This is not fair. I'm a brand new player. I don't know what any of the cards do. In that no, case, I think fair. everyone already has that understanding going into the game, or they should. Um, and I never hold that against someone because we've all been in that position. But it's sure. the more like, I've spent a lot of time brewing this deck. I've, I've come here to the table, and now I'm going to sit here and twiddle and not actually know what the end result is. And I'm just going to, like, mm. waste people's times. And then at the end of it, it's like, cool. And I make three one ones and that's it <laughs> past the turn and it's like oh gosh we just spent 15 minutes for that to happen like how can we not have that happen every turn because otherwise we're not going to get as many games in tonight is there a way to you know in, like again if i'm the person in that scenario i just don't play a card if i don't know the outcome and i don't want to figure it out and i think it's going to inconvenience the table so it's a little bit of that anxiety like i don't want other people to get upset at me but in general you know i think one of the goals of commander once you start getting more into it and playing more is making games quick efficient and fun and right when you're really actively holding up a game because you don't know what's happening and you're the reason it's not just that you have a complicated engine that's okay if you have like 16 triggers and you know, get through get through all of them but if it's like yeah. i don't know actually what is happening and how to do anything that adds to the intensity of right. like the please hurry up there's a there's a difference between being in the tank and kind of working it out then being in the tank for the first time, you know, yeah. I, I think, uh, the, the most fun you can have, sometimes there's some decks that are just better goldfish decks, you know, sure. you, you should get to know your decks. You, you came up with it, you put it together, shuffle up and play on your own, you know, every, every now and then uh, assume that somebody's taking care of a key piece on your board and, uh, make sure you factor that into it as well. Yeah, but totally. like, you should you should absolutely spend so much time getting to know your deck. And I think what do you feel like maybe cuz we get a lot of product and there's obviously a lot of like there's there's an increasing amount of FOMO in the game right now where new commanders come out and people are like, "Well, I want to build the next big thing or whatever." Sure. I don't I don't particularly think that that's like a huge catalyst for this happening, but I think that maybe some some people, that is kind of what's pushing them to be like, well, hold on, I don't really know my deck so well. Yeah, I think a card like Sauron, like the last one that triggers every right. time the opponent casts a spell, one Crazy. of the problems of, like, I don't know how my deck works in that case is that you're actively creating a game state that is not actually accurate. You don't have, mm -hmm. you know, an arena or an MTGO that's sitting there being like, trigger happens, some, someone has to respond to it or say yes or whatever. Right. And so that's a downside too, is because you don't want to play a game that's inaccurate where you pass, you know, you go by four to five turns and everyone goes, oh, you haven't been remembering this trigger on your board. And it actually would really have affected my turn, this person's <laughs> turn and everything that happened. So in that case, you're actually damaging like the integrity of the game and what's supposed to happen. Absolutely. And then people might feel like, oh, I don't actually win this game because if you remember that trigger, I might've been at a lower life total that would have affected this combat or this creature wouldn't mm. die because of this minus one, minus one ability etc 
So right. it's okay to like Your make gameplay army. errors, but I think it's worse to to like misrepresent the game state as a result of you not knowing what's happening or like basically like taking care of your own triggers or whatever. It's like it's your upkeep in a way to know, hey, my Sauron triggered six times or the Ristic study or whatever. I hate asking right. the question, but it's technically what has to happen. It needs to happen. It's um because it really yeah, does affect games, sol- right? And it compounds. It totally time. does. Yeah. So this is what's interesting. Let me uh, not not to be like this is what's interesting about my own podcast, but this is what I find <laughs> interesting about the podcast because clearly coming from a perspective of we're going to discuss a pet peeve or a uh, an, a personal story. Yeah. Um. Obviously, it starts with the personal. It's subjective. It comes from one individual. Then we apply it to the mass, and then I like to find out why, in particular, this is what hits you in that that space where you're like ah this bothers me more than other things right and i feel like you did touch on it where like has this always been the case prior to the 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 fame in 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 the sphere of like you know i want to get to these games with other people and maybe i've had to deal with this kind of like i don't know my triggers and stuff a little too often did you find yourself experiencing this even before the you know the it's jimmy wong you know what i mean (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, actually, the first time this happened was very, very early on when I started playing Commander, mm. like before the podcast really took off. Um, and I probably had similar things happen in board games and stuff, too, growing up and playing because, you know, like, I think one time we played a game of Risk and we just did combat wrong and it oh, yeah. would have completely have changed how stuff works and how all the arguments that went through it also would have mm. p- played out. Um, and it happens in limited too. I was playing the unknown event at uh, MagicCon Vegas. Oh, sick. And yeah, these have these like cool playtest cards that don't exist in real life. And one of them had protection from squirrels on it. And and we it was like an Emrakul X like squirrel. Oh, that's card. right. Um, yeah. And I had to kill target creature with flying card in my hand. And I was thinking, well, like, well, the past Emrakul had protection from instance and source or whatever. So I don't think I can use this on this card. So I asked the opponent, like, hey, does protection from squirrels mean protection from everything, like spells and other things? And the person was like, well, yeah, clear. Oh, I think it was like protection from everything. Either way, it was a very weirdly yeah, worded yeah. card. And the person was like, no, it definitely is. You can't cast that on this. And I was like, okay, fine. And then later on, I found Gavin. I was like, hey, Gavin, how does this work? And he's like, oh, no, you could totally have used that. And I'm like, oh, that changed the entire game. And the other person was so confident. That I just believe them. So I think I've always been irritated by stuff like that because, again, the ultimate thing that bothers me is when it changes the fundamental outcome of the game. Okay. And if that's the case, then that can lead to, like, a lot of bad feels for everyone. You know, even the person winning might not feel like they deserve the win or whatever. So I think that's where it comes from is, like, I just want things to, in a perfect world, if I'm making a mistake, I'm making a mistake. But I'd rather not be like, hey, I just didn't do this correctly. The rules weren't right. I lied because I thought it was this way, right. but it wasn't. You know, that that's when it gets into, like, the, oh, man, I, things feel bad now. Let me hit you with this because this is my this is the juice, buddy. This is the best yeah. part. You went. You said, I think you even noticed back when I played board games with, with the with the buddies back in the day. Like that to me, that's a fun little insight because first of all, board games you end up with house rules. Who hasn't heard of free parking and Monopoly getting oh, you yeah, a little cash? Totally. That's not in the rules. Uno is completely wrong. As a society, as a society, we've decided that Uno is played a certain way, and it yeah. is not to yeah. the point where people on Twitter are like correcting the people who make Uno, saying that's just not it. <laughs> but also, I do like you want to appreciate the thing as it's made, right? You want to like. There's nothing better than like a good board game. Like Magic is a it is an incredible game, but then you play something like Ticket to Ride, and you're like. This is this is wild. Now you you get to know the game a little bit better, but you know what happens when you mess up a rule. And I just want to know: Are you somebody? You get a board game, even back in the day or today, you get a new board game. Are you the rule book guy? It's either me or one of my friends. And I got really into board game because my friend was the rule book guy. Um, and every single time we would play, it would be all right. You read through the rule book. And then, like, I'll read through, like, because there's usually, like, a secondary rule book with, right. like, a glossary of terms. Like, I'll read through that one, and I'm going to mm-hmm. swap. And then we're both going to read through both of them. 
and then we're going to try and play this game together. <laughs> and then maybe if we like it enough, we'll invite more people to play it with us next time because then both of that. us can sit here and explain it to people. Um, but if it's just me and I'm trying to introduce a board game to the person, I'm like instantly like I have to be the rules person because yeah. I will be diligent enough to read the rules the night before or whatever and just make sure and then like kind of have a big part of it too is like having a memory of where in the rule book certain things are said because when oh. someone inevitably has a question you don't want to sit there and like go through every single page again you have to be like okay no. i think that was in this section oh that's the paragraph yeah that's this is where it says it um right. and then my pet peeve in that case is when they don't use consistent language to describe something that's happening Ooh. oh buddy snaps from me a hundred percent hundred percent yeah like this card is played or this card is put onto the battlefield from the right like magic already uh has it and they've been and they over time have been very clear about how it works if it was cast from your hand but rule books Uh would just often be like when this happens it's like what do you mean what do you mean you said trigger before and now you're saying happens (laughs) here you know so that's perfect i'm i'm let me just say, same way. My girlfriend and I, since moving uh, out east in, in, in Montreal, we've been like bigger on the board game nights. We'll have friends over. But nice. we're definitely, she's definitely the, okay, give Mike the rule book. He'll, he'll, please just give it to him. He won't sit still until he reads it. And then yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll be like, okay, we know how to play the game now. I'll explain it as best as I can. And some things we'll leave until it happens. Until, and yeah, no, exactly. It's like, this is a weird corner case scenario that this thing is telling me. You know what? I'm not going to read this paragraph. When we right. get there, we'll, we'll get there. Yeah. It's like, uh, man, we, oh God, we play too many games. It's just such a good time. Yeah. Um, One of my favorite but- Onion articles of all time is explanation of board game rules peppered with reassurances that it will be fun. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the more you explain the rules, everyone's eyes start to glaze over yeah. and then they get oh, skeptical yeah. and they're like, I, why am I here? I, This wasn't what I expected. <laughs> There's a there's a solid Auntie Donna sketch where I, th- I think it's uh, Broden trying to explain the rules to a board game to the other boys and <laughs> it goes exactly as you think it would. It's exactly yeah. the yeah yeah. Um, but uh, anyway, I do think as it relates to magic, it is fun to see that the core thing coming from you is you don't want to waste anybody's time, and I yeah. think that that's such a fun value to this because already the time that you have together valuable. You just want to hang out, have a good time. And when somebody's in the tank that long, still trying to spin their wheels and it's not working out, um, you know, it, it, it takes you out of a moment and that'll that'll feel like a waste of time. So I could see that being the through line here with the rules and all that stuff. And um, I think that's a fine pet peeve. I am <laughs> right there with you. I don't want to waste anybody's time. Yeah, feels I like that's, that's what it's about. That is totally what it's about. And it's really important, too, I think, to play enough that you're comfortable with any outcome. I think, yeah. like, I watch Kenji a lot as a streamer. And, mm-hmm. I've boy, I've been watching him for almost 10 years now. And I have seen him go through some bad beats. Like, <laughs> like you cannot believe how many lands this guy just drew in a row in one of the most <laughs> important matches for a qualifier or whatever it is. And you're rooting for him in, in every way. And then you watch him go, that's magic, baby. And then just smile <laughs> and move on to the next game. And it's really honorable, I think, to see that because they played so much. They understand that winning and losing are just an aspect of the game, but not what the game's all about. And they can look at the game and go, I played that as well as I could have. I drew. I played to my outs. I did everything I could. And then it also just makes the moments when they do get that card that they were looking for all the sweeter and all the much better. So I think Absolutely. like there is a lot of value in what you said there, which is like you know you ultimately you die with yourself, and <laughs> you're gonna die yeah. with your memories and how you you know treated the world or whatever. And so the more fun you can have on the way out, probably the better it's gonna be for you in the long run. Kyle Kinane said on his Whiskey Icarus special, "I'm not here in life to be a goalie. As long as you're not hurting anybody, I'm here to either help or get out of the way." Oh, and nice. That's all it is. Nice. That. Fun philosophy to live by. Let people have their fun unless they're being garbage about it and, you know, they're hurting people. Then in which case you got to step up. But be there. Let people have their fun or help them have their fun. Yeah, totally. It's a good time. 
Yeah, and uh, like again, it's all about that magic moment where everyone exactly. is all going like this and going, "What? No way!" Or you do something and you're like, "That was crazy," and I'm dead, but it was so worth it. Right. Well, I mean, we've seen you die to your own ancient tomb by your own volition on game nights before, right? We've yeah, seen... I, I tip. I mean, I've been embodying this spirit for a long time, and then maybe that's yes, why people have. like watching me plays because I have the ah, screw it, I'm just gonna do whatever I want, and I'm just gonna go out on my own terms type of of gameplay. And I, I like to live with my mistakes too because I think it's the most human thing you can do. Um, mm-hmm. So. That to me is like the fun in gaming. And maybe that's just the red player and the chaotic nature in me. But I think, you know, like it would be boring if you had four of me at every table. It would get, you'd get tiresome fast. And it would also be boring if you had four of Josh at every table too. So I think you have to have, you know, the essence of different. And maybe that's why magic is great because each color is its own thing. I love playing with Rachel. I love playing with Josh. I love playing with all different people, but I would hate to play a game where it's three Joshes and one me because I'm not <laughs> going to win that game and I'm not going to have fun in that game. I love playing a game where it's like me and a couple other friends that give a good mix of the color pie, but also in terms of like player type. And that to me is like the essence of magic is like you're playing with people that are going to surprise you and the surprise is so much fun and exciting and excitement too. That rules. I can't say anything else but that rules. <laughs> Thanks. I love to hear it, man. That is so beautiful. That's is magic, true. baby. <laughs> That's ma- <laughs> Every time Kenji says that, I'm like, this guy's a better man than me because I'd be tilted off the face of the planet if this was happening to me. <laughs> yeah, you take a walk. You're like, I don't smoke, but I'm starting today. You know, you're just- <laughs> yeah, give me a beer. <laughs> Take out a plate that you're like, this is for smashing, that's for eating. Did I yeah. get it out the right cupboard? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Get out of the way. <laughs> Jimmy, I can't thank you enough for calling in. Uh, I can't thank you enough for joining me today. And, uh, dude, thank you so, so much. Um, please tell anybody uh, listening where you'd like them to turn their attention to. Uh, to oh, catch yeah. you, to watch you, to follow you, anything. Well, obviously, you could just look up the Command Zone on YouTube or Game Nights. That's Nights with a K. And that's, mm-hmm. I'd say, the best place to go. Um, right. And I, w- I would give a shout-out, too, to Rachel Weeks. We both mentioned her a couple times this episode. She is someone that I think absolutely improves the health of the game as a whole, just with her attitude, her ability, and just everything. Um, and she's actually helping with the podcast a bunch now, and she's really heading up, you know, bringing interesting, fun types of episodes to the show. Mm-hmm. So... 100% make sure you check out the podcast, especially now that Rachel is at the helm. Um, I think she's massively improved it and brought a bunch of new life to it, too. So I'm always very grateful to her. She's a huge breath of fresh air, and it's uh, it's been going great. I mean, it, it, it feels like she brings out something great in both of you guys or anybody that she's paired with. And, you know, I've known Rachel since we did a comedy festival, like, back in the day. Oh, and to amazing. see her kind of like... Lucky you. You know, Yeah been knowing her for a while and uh she's always been so great and so kind and open-hearted it's just been uh it's been really cool to watch her like do so well and to see people appreciate her the way she deserves to be so it's cool to have you this just turns into a rachel weeks appreciation podcast she's on on (laughs) sunday i'm talking to her on sunday for this oh amazing you can let her know yeah i think like to keep it going a little bit like we had sheldon who's an amazing steward of the format and that word steward is really mm. important here. And I think Rachel absolutely embodies that same concept and idea, which is she is a steward of the game in a lot of ways. Yeah. All of us are, right, with our podcasts and our shows. And being able to show the world through action, through gameplay, through deck building, through whatever, mm-hmm. ways to enjoy the game in a way that helps bring more happiness is definitely something that we all desperately need. That rules. And that's magic, baby. That's magic, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Can you believe it? Jimmy Wong of the Command Zone calling our friggin' radio show over here. What? You kidding me? The guy that I've been listening to on podcasts and watching on YouTube podcasts for, God, it feels like a silly amount of time, like eight years now? Does that make sense? Jeez. Well, thank you for calling Jimmy Wong. I don't think I've ever done anything for eight years. (laughs) Hey, hey, try breathing. Oh, boy. Smart ass alert. 
How about how about you've been breathing that long, buddy? Oh, oh this guy over here's gonna be a real how old are you, a bud? Real smarty pants. <laughs> Sounds like somebody's the bolus. Actually, no. I take all of my oxygen in through uh, processed foodstuffs. It's just like how I get all my water from Coca Cola. <laughs> Eat fresh. Oh man, I messed that up. Uh... <laughs> I'm holding a Taco Bell cup, you idiot. This doesn't eat fresh. Hey, man, I had Subway today. Eat fresh. Guys, uh, first of all, thank you, Jimmy Wong, for calling in. Uh, We appreciate you very, very much. Everybody should check out the Command Zone and Game Nights, of course, if you aren't already. Thank you, Jimmy Wong, for coming on the show and talking to us. Now, before we dive into the question, before we dive into our discussion, we should have Morgan explain the voting system. It's been, look, we're episode four now. Episode four. Our audience should know the voting system by now, but we have some people jumping in for the first time, and who's going to blame you? No one blames you. Thank you for listening. But when it comes to determining whether or not our caller is the bolus, we have a bit of a system for that. Morgan, tell our listeners what our system is. Well, you can have a lot of confidence in our system because it has been scientifically proven. I mean, this is the fourth episode. We've basically got enough data to have a case study at this point. But to break it down in simple terms, our voting system is points-based. So that means there will be numbers and math at the very start, okay? And if it's your first time listening, grab a pen and paper. You can pause the podcast right here. None of us are going to get mad about it. You know, this is pre-recorded. This is not a live show. We we will not... We won't be able to tell. So starting at the top is my vote. So my vote counts for a singular point, which means one. Okay, good, good. Everybody got it? Yeah. Everybody got it. Can I, ready to go to the next Next part probably? Okay, so Solani is his own person, right? Uh So he has a vote, which is a one vote, a singular vote. Solani trying so hard not to laugh at you calling him his own person. (laughs) Yeah. See, this is why I need to unionize. <laughs> uh, so, as his own person, he he gets what? What? What's the measly thing he gets for <laughs> for being in person? One person, one vote. Got it. And then this is where it gets a little tricky. So a little when it comes to, we called a couple people over at MIT, Harvard, Yale. We had an under like an underground cabal meeting, sorted it all out, did all the math, and made it all checks out. People, we got some Carnegie Mellon heads in here. There we go. Practice, 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 and go left. Mike Carosa. That's me. AKA that's a- that's probably him. better known as Mark Carbonza. Let's be real. <laughs> so his vote. As, as his own person. Which I appreciate very much. Is going to count for three points, which is the number three. One, two, three. Three points. That's right. Three votes. That's right. One person. Perfect. Perfect. And I can split them among either way. Yes, bolus, no bolus. Uh, yep. Checks out. Okay. I get three points. Okay. Wait, what? You can do that? Seriously? <laughs> I well, I didn't realize we it. had a case study about it. You didn't you didn't read the email. We sent it out. I can do that. But I'll say I, I think my vote counting for three makes a lot more sense. Yeah. But, you know, we had a whole debate with this. Oh, Dr. Uh, Dr. Terjan over at uh, at Yale was not pleased with us. We had to walk out on that meeting. So, look, uh, OK, so now that you know the voting system and we took a lot of a lot of time to talk about it, uh, let's let's get into the question. Morgan, sum it up for me. Is Jimmy the bolus? Well, Jimmy wants to know, am I the bolus for being annoyed when people don't know how to play their decks? Michael Solani, you have the floor. Look, I don't even know how to play my own decks. (laughs) Fair. I don't think it's fair to be mad at someone for not knowing how to play their deck. Like, that happens sometimes. Sometimes you're building a new deck and you don't know how to play it. Or sometimes you're just like, having a bad day and you're like guys i'm really not able to play this at full capacity right now and that's totally fine like as long as it's not an egregious violation like it's completely normal to not have 100 percent perfect play 
Unless you're Jimmy, of course. He's flawless in his execution and game plan. I mean, he he's the first to admit that he is not that flawless at all. <laughs> so what you're, what you're saying is Jimmy does not know how to play his own decks 100% of the time. You're calling him a hypocrite. Uh-oh, I didn't call him that. You called him that. Now, what what, what is your vote then? Are you thinking that, yeah? I think that... I hate. I'm gonna hate relying on this the entire run of the podcast, but it does depend on the context. Oh, boo! The podcast where people come to us for definitive answers on situations that do need more context and have gray areas and are actually interpersonal relationship situations that are a lot more complicated than a simple question. What a cop out! <laughs> Look, you tried teaching interpersonal interpersonal relationships to Magic the Gathering players. I think that, in general, you are the bolus if you're mad at someone for not knowing how to play their deck 100%. Okay, that's, a, that's fair, and I respect you. Morgan Sanchez. So, my context in this situation is that I, I want to say you're, that I'll just get it out of the way, and I'll, I'll vote before I speak, which is just oh how we do things here in America. Um, and I will <laughs> no, say, in America, no. you vote before you think. I, I thought you don't vote in America, most of you guys. Am I learning something today? What's happening? This is an educational show. It's it's educational for everyone, no matter what country, Ostensibly. state, or planet that you're on. Um, but I want to say, I want to say that Jimmy is is not the bolus because the context for me is that I want to be transparent with it, just upfront about mm -hmm. it. If I'm playing something that I don't know, or or I am having. A day or it is like just kind of like i'm feeling a little you're like having a what day can bleep it i'm having a wonderful day mark <laughs> thank you very much i appreciate That's you two asking quarters in the jar morgan <laughs> yeah because it's number two word well we're just gonna have to make sure that we bug saffron olive for those quarters why are we acting like he's money bags i don't think that's a fair thing what are we doing here <laughs> I would hope that he would have the two quarters, though, just just for charity. Yeah, well, that's fair. I hope everybody has two quarters, but you know what I mean. All right, let's let's stop talking about the two quarters and let's start talking more <laughs> about your two cents, Morgan. Oh, but um, bow. Wait, I have a soundboard. Hold on, wait. Oh boy, we did it. So yeah, I, I just I really don't fault Jimmy for thinking that. Like, just tell me, dude. If you if you're not having a great day, if the deck is new to you, I just added you know an entirely new. Mm -hmm combo to this like let me know up front just so that i don't feel bolusy for being like bro what are you doing pass the turn do the mm -hmm. thing mm -hmm. right so i'm gonna say jimmy's not the bolus okay not even a little bit well it's time for me to opine on the matter and i'm gonna say i'm with i'm with jimmy on this i think that if you spend if you have a deck and you don't take time to like you know, play it a couple times on your own, like get a little solitaire going, especially if you're somebody who builds like very interactive, synergistic decks. Play them out a little bit on your own, you know? The thing is, Magic is a game where you've got four decks at a table interacting with each other, and sometimes those cards, you're not going to be able to predict a bunch of interactions. Oh no, how does my deck work when Knowledge Pool is in play? I don't know. You're going to find out when that happens, but at the very least, you should have a base level of understanding of what your deck does and maybe come up to a point where you, you, you've goldfished or like solitaire the deck a few times to note that there are some interactions that come up more often than not. And you should have a ruling if you've ever asked yourself a question of like, how does explore work with this or that? You know, if like that's a mechanic that you have come up or something along those lines, you know, so know your deck. I don't think it's a matter of knowing your deck perfectly, but like know your deck a little bit. Even if it's a new deck, I have a brand new deck that I'm excited about. Took some time after the Doctor Who release. Uh, you know, I, I, I really uh, hunkered down, found my, my favorite pairing, the Ninth Doctor and Clara Oswald. Upkeeps, doubling, tripling, quadrupling, you know, quintupling, sextupling, uh, septupling, octupling. Uh, go, 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 go. Dodecatupling, 12 of them. Uh, you, you missed non-tupling. Uchi Kochi would be so mad at you. I don't know them. I, I, I stop at Octo. Anyway, my point is, you know, I have this deck, but I've been like goldfishing it a bunch, and I know what happens when I have to stack upkeeps. You don't just resolve 12 of the same trigger. If you have different upkeeps, you have to like stack them in that way, and so you get to that point where you learn your deck a little bit better. And that's on me as somebody who built the deck to be this way. 
So I, I would say take some time. You're already taking time to build the deck. Get to know your deck. So I don't think Jimmy's the bolus because it is a frustrating experience to sit down at a table and have to correct somebody on their own deck. But if somebody's new to the experience, like you got to be nice to them. There's no, there's no excuse for being rude. I don't think that's what we're calling for here. We're just kind of saying, hey, know what you're talking about. And that'll do it for Jimmy. Mark, can you, can you, can you add up the votes? Because I just, I, I tried to follow, yeah. I tried to count yeah. while you okay. were, um, well, yeah. Yeah. So Michael said not, uh, it, Jimmy is the bolus. Mm-hmm. Morgan said Jimmy is not the bolus. Mm-hmm. And I said Jimmy is not the bolus. So we got one to four. Got for it. Or not the bolus. So four beats one yep. in math. And so, uh, Jimmy, you are not the bolus. So thank you for calling in and for not being the bad guy. I think it's time to go into a brand new segment on the podcast. We heard you. We, we say, hey, now. Good idea. You're an all-star. Hey, now. You're an all-star. Excellent idea. And we were talking about, yes, let's get some user submissions on the podcast. Now, here's the thing. We don't have many. Some people took it upon themselves to send us submissions. And to you, I say, thank you so much. That's very, very nice. But other people don't know about it. So now we're telling you. You can send in submissions. You can send us a message on, on Twitter at AmItheBolcast. You can send us uh, an email, AmItheBolus at gmail.com, uh, where I'll take your submissions for my column as well as the podcast. Know that if you're submitting for the column, it's probably also going to get discussed on the podcast if it's something that we haven't talked about yet or it works really well with our caller. So today we have one user submission user submission this listener submission rather that was a reddit post submitted to us by a pal of the show uh who does not want me to use his name but thank you and can bleep it thank you (laughs) the name i can't believe i didn't send (laughs) (laughs) so president sent us this reddit post so here we go let's talk about this the Reddit post, the subject says, is it bad asking for a five-player commander game when there are only five players in the store? I was sat there for an hour and 30 minutes. They refused to play a five-player game as it would take too long. They never swapped players, and I just sat there. I drove in as well to play and ended up leaving as they all said they were going after their third game, and I sat through all three games by that point. Personally, I would try to involve everyone so nobody was missing out, so I find it very rude when this happens. I'm new to Magic. I've only been playing it for about a year, but this is the first time this has happened to me. I don't see an issue with having a five-player game, especially when it could isolate someone from enjoying the game. If I'm wrong, I would rather know. So, uh, user on Reddit at, uh, at r slash edh submitted that to the, the Reddit page. And uh, my uh, my dear friend, President Joe, uh, sent it to us and said, uh, you should talk about this on the podcast. And here we are. What do you guys think about this submission? Morgan, why don't you take it first? I think it's, well, you know, dare I say, the context of this situation is just utterly tragic. And I feel really <laughs> bad for yeah. this person because I feel like we've probably all been here, whether we're new or not. We're just super jazzed. We want to play, you know, maybe I want to meet these people or I kind of just mm-hmm. saw from the corner of my eye, you guys had like a really cool play group, really cool decks, you know, et cetera, et cetera. There's a lot of nuance though that comes with wanting to play a five player game. I feel like every EDH player, it's either going to be, oh yeah, let's do it like right now or absolutely freaking not. I would rather go home to my wife at some point in the next decade so <laughs> it's it's tough because I mean, you know, it's it's nice to feel included. I feel like going over five is just like really rough, though. Like there should have been somebody who, you know, was willing to just like a couple of them even just. You mean over three because they played three games and excluded them? Well, in terms of like the amount yeah. of players. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Yeah. So nobody wanted to do it. Nobody wanted to kind of compromise on something different is really rough. And I think that's probably where a lot of the 
sadness in this yeah. comes from because I would probably feel bad for that, especially if I told them that I was new. I would really want mm-hmm. even not a five player game. Like just just give me two, three, three of those people. Let's let's go. Let's just mm-hmm. do something real quick. Maybe you've got like some CEDH monster thing that you just wipe the floor with and mm-hmm. and then put me in my place and I'll never ask again. That's what I would have done if I didn't want to do it, to be perfectly honest with you. Like, let's get Joe Schmo over there with Crazy Deck and it's just eat Biden. this and just eat this guy so that he never asks to play a five per like this is taboo right so i mean okay well that's an interesting take i'll say michael do you want to do you want to go next or, or should i should i go for it i'll go for it okay i feel bad for this guy on like several levels one you go into a store and there's only five people there i mean i assume he means like five people playing commander but I just pictured like the entire, this gigantic row of tables, all these folding tables out there. Then there's like five, there's like four people like sitting in a corner and like the rest of it's just completely empty. I've been there. Haven't you been to an LGS that that happens at? It's happened. It's not No, I live in Chicago. Everything is jumping all the time. All right. All right. Party rocking in the house tonight at every LGS in the area. Confirmed. Yeah, it's truly one of the times. Well, then I can't wait to be there. I think that I agree that five-player games are terrible. And by the way, Morgan, when you said, like, I want to come home to my wife after 10 years, like, the way I heard that was, like, you were saying, I would rather go home to my wife than play a five-person <laughs> commander game. I would. I would. And I would. I'll have it. I'll put it on record, too. I would rather go home to my wife then play a five-person commander game in most in most <laughs> circumstances. Okay, like, again, Solani, what's the word? Context? Mm, yes. But if we're talking, like, math, if we're talking, like, real big brain math, 99.9% I'm so confused. would be, like, my... You don't know that number. You can barely count to okay, three. Okay, you know what? I made it up. It's fine. But it sounds right enough, and that's all that matters because, again, we're we're here in America, and, and what you say just makes sense. Of course. Anyway, I think that what really should have happened is one of those guys should have taken a break. Like that's the that's the real solution. Agreed. Right. Thank you. Like it's 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 the clear and obvious solution mm-hmm. to me in this scenario. Just like have one of the guys sit out after a game and just like drink a sprite. Thank you. Or a Sierra Mist. I'm I'm sorry, a Starry. Uh, drink a Starry, and then they could just like jump in for the next game. You know, it's not you don't have to play three games in a row. No, you don't. Especially if you see somebody at the beginning of your second game excitedly like, okay, does this mean I get to jump in? And you're like, ah, nah, you got to wait for the next pod to fire. It's like, excuse me, dude, if you wanted to just exclude people when you're in a public space like that, a place where people congregate to straight up just play this game with other strangers, dude, if you're a group of friends, find somewhere else. This feels like so counterintuitive to the entire ethos of like a play space or like a, a, an LGS. Like, look, it's one thing if this person has come around and is a, is not a good person. If he comes around and he's, he's real mean, he's not cool and has rubbed a lot of people the wrong way continuously. And that's the reason that they're shutting them out. Well, that's like, that's the reason that's not because, but like, it sounds like this guy's real new showed up. After driving to the LGS, like, I want to play some of this game I love. Hey, I just read about LGSs online and found out where the one nearest me is. And let me get excited to play my, like, two upgraded pre-cons at this night. And shows up and you just sit down for 90 minutes hoping that this is the turn that ends the game so that you can finally jump in. And they start another game. They just don't have any consideration after like ask, being asked to join. If I wanted to go somewhere and sit down for 90 minutes and have nothing of substance happen, I would have gone and purchased a ticket for The Flash. Like, seriously. Shots. Hey, shots fired. The Flash, your move. <laughs> your move, Ezra. Yeah, your move, The Flash. Hey, uh, it says here, hold for response for The Flash. All right, so I guess that's the end of the episode, and we'll hear back from The Flash next week, probably, I guess. <laughs> Morgan, do you have that? Did you install that Flash specific switchboard? <laughs> I sent it to you just five minutes ago. Oh, God, we're still we're still waiting on Seth, man. I can't. We really just don't have it in the budget to have another line open right now. No, nope, yeah. no other line. It's just Flash. 
I just I'm just picturing you turning around in the switchboard for like the actual guests is just like crackling and sparking and like slightly on fire and there's a big bite taken out of it somehow. It's a tasty switchboard. <laughs> what can I say? All right. Well, that pause tells me it's over. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for doing this podcast with me. Thank you so much to our listeners, folks. Please, please, please submit your stories, your topics to amithebolus at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at amithebolcast. And also, uh, my name is Mike Carosa. I'm at M-I-K-E-C-A-R-R-O-Z-Z-A on Twitter and Instagram. And you can follow me there. I'm a stand-up comedian. I've got a comedy album. I've got dates coming up. I'm uh, doing shows in Chicago before the big old Chicago Fest happening. So don't miss out on that. Michael, where can people find you? You can find all of the stuff I do at gamesfreakessay.info. Those are the letters essay, not the word essay. So go on and check me out. You can find all my socials there as well as all of my projects. And my articles, uh, How They Brew It, at Commander's Herald. Perfect. Morgan, where can people find you? I am on the site that is still known as Twitter, at Indigo Gentlemen. So feel free to come and talk and chat about most anything and everything. Perfect. Folks, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for uh, the positive reception, by the way, to the first episode. This is the first time we're recording since the episode dropped. We do have like 10 episodes banked, but we record these after having the interviews recorded a little bit of sincerity at the end of the episode thank you so much the reception has been so so nice uh and if you have nice things to say keep them coming it makes it a lot easier to keep going when we know that folks out there are enjoying listening to the podcast so once again from the bottom of my heart and it's a deep one thank you so so much don't make that face michael all right bye everybody good good night it's nighttime where you are now apparently oh wait no 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 we need a sign off what's the sign off uh don't be mean to anybody that's it that's what we're going with what you don't, don't like be the bolus you guys don't be the bolus try your best don't be the bolus be the ugin don't be the bolus be the ugin we did it everybody i'm gonna forget it for next time <laughs>